The following is a presentation of AOW Productions. This program contains adult content. Listener discretion is advised. The views and opinions expressed by the host of this program do not necessarily state or reflect those of this station or its management. Bringing you controversy at its best with uncensored music, comedy, and political discussion. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Outlaw Radio. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Outlaw Radio for the 15th of January, 2022. I'm your host, Bad Billy. Got a great show lined up for you this week. Yes, indeed. In just a little bit, you're going to hear an interview that I recorded with Shane Smith. That's right, of Shane Smith and the Saints. We had a good conversation. Second hour, going to pull another AOW classic, this time... Uh, from 10 years ago when I interviewed former EFC featherweight and bantamweight champion DeMart Pena out of South Africa. And for the third hour, welcoming back the icon Stephen James for the Steve Solution. Going to be talking about the Supreme Court decision. Yes, indeed. Before I get to all that, I want to cue the first song of the show. This is Shane Smith and the Saints. With All I See Is You, yes, if you watched Yellowstone, then uh, you'll definitely recognize this song. I'll be back with the interview with Shane Smith right after this. And we go a little something like this. Hit it. And now, from a rented basement, because Bad Billy's mom threw him out, it's Outlaw Radio. Storms running through the Midwest Like a bandit out on the loose And all the clouds are black as nightfall But all I see is you And rain's pouring through the window panes And the cracks of this roof Tea's boiling from the spout of the pot But all I see is you Like the nights in Salt Lake City Where the snow fell down too soon The people laughed and howled From their beers 
but all I could see was you And I remember our first night abroad The sun traded ships with the moon There was a lot to take in for some eyes from East Texas But all I could see was you Cause all I ever see is you thrill seeker rocking out to the station i hear you you're probably even sipping on a drink right now an average blah blah drink in a can or bottle one that doesn't quite hit the spot for you i'll bet you want something different don't you something more take your shot with cold cock whiskey the best whiskey anywhere why because it's different from other liquors cold cock whiskey is herbal whiskey 100 all natural herbs blended with aged american whiskey no more morning
chasing after sugar hangovers from other liquors. With Cold Cock's blend of herbs, including green tea, hibiscus, ginger, eucalyptus, and more, you'll be in herbal heaven. Cold Cock Whiskey, available at Spirit Stores and Distributors America-wide. Find one near you at coldcockwhiskey.com. Follow Cold Cock Whiskey on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Celebrate those special moments with friends. Raise your glass. Take your shot. You must be 21 or older to drink Cold Cock Whiskey. Please drink responsibly. Because there are some people out there who need practical advice. And yes, I'm talking about you. Wisdom beyond value from the desk of Mr. Holland. If a guy remembers the color of your eyes after a first date, chances are you have small breasts. Ooh, is that Mr. Holland? Yes, ma'am. Please don't touch. Speak up, because you can. Your mind is a powerful tool. So is your freedom of speech. So use it. It's what separates you from being a number to being an individual. Thoughts, beliefs, opinions. It's what makes you, you. Stand proud and say it loud. Know your rights. Know your freedom to speak. This message is brought to you by the National Association of Broadcasters, Education Foundation, and the Broadcast Education Association. So you go into your sporting goods or firearms store to get that gun and ammunition you've been wanting to buy, only to find out that the store doesn't have it. Worse yet, the shelves are bare. They're empty. Ugh. Well, that's why there's GunBroker.com. You want it? GunBroker.com's got it. Guns, gun parts, ammo, ammo storage, reloading equipment, binoculars, scopes, sights. Did I mention guns? Pistols, rifles, handguns, shotguns, machine guns, paintball guns, archery supplies, tools, jewelry, watches, even musical instruments and gear. Yes, GunBroker.com has those too. I'm telling you, they have it all. There are even auctions where you can bid on certain items. The folks at GunBroker.com know their stuff. They've been in business for over 20 years with over 6 million happy registered users. Why not become one of them? GunBroker.com. Go there. Check it out. Register today. It's 100% free. GunBroker.com. GunBroker.com. Ladies and gentlemen, we are proud to announce that Outlaw Radio officially has affiliated with My Patriot Supply. Are you prepared for the next unplanned emergency? As we speak, inflation is rising and the grocery store shelves are stocked less and less every day. The time to prepare is now. Go to www.outlawradioabs.com, visit the store section, and click on the My Patriot Supply banner and purchase yourself some buckets of delicious gourmet food with a 25-year shelf life. You can also purchase other essential supplies you can use during times of unplanned emergencies. Supplies such as the Alexa Pure water filtration system, first aid and medical supplies, solar power supplies, and much more. Again, go to www.outlawradioabs.com. Visit the store section and click on the My Patriot Supply banner. Don't be left in the dark. Get yourself and your family prepared for the next unplanned emergency today. I'm Nick, and you're listening to Outlaw Radio, where we say what the fuckity fuck we want. No exceptions. All right, ladies and gentlemen, you have just heard All I See Is You by Shane Smith of the Saints, and it is my pleasure to welcome Shane Smith to the show. Shane, how you doing, brother? I'm good, man. Thank you for uh, taking the time to talk. I thank you for uh, setting aside uh, some time as well because uh, 
getting this interview together has definitely not been an easy task, but hey, I'm glad you made it. <laughs> good, good, good. Yeah, sorry, sorry about that, but yeah, glad to be talking to you. Absolutely. Uh, so for our listeners out there, uh, for those who are not familiar with Shane Smith and the Saints, uh, shame on them. But uh, anyway, for those who aren't familiar, though, uh, why don't you give a little background, tell the listeners a bit about yourself and about the band. Yeah, yeah. So we, um, I mean, we started uh, started as a band back in, I guess it was 2000, probably roughly around 2000. Uh, 12 or 11 somewhere in there I should probably know that right <laughs> but um, we've been been going at it for around a decade and and um, have really just kind of the majority of our fans have been have been made through touring just really hard throughout throughout the US uh, through our 20s and um, anyways yeah I mean it's uh, it's uh, me and then uh, our our fiddle player Bennett, uh, who I started the project with uh, originally, and then uh, Dustin Schaefer on electric guitar, Chase Satterwhite plays the bass guitar, and Zach Stover plays the drums. There's five of us on stage. And uh, overall, how would you personally uh, describe your genre? I kind of, I kind of get more of a Americana feeling. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I I would just call it folk rock. Um, it's uh, you know, it's kind of it's hard to kind of pin down a lot of stuff these days. You know, I feel like a lot of genres are kind of inter intertwining, and and I think that's a good thing at the end of the day, and and it's making for some unique sounds. And um, the easiest easiest one I've come up with is is folk rock for for our sound. Oh yeah, I I think I could agree with that one for sure. I mean, I've definitely been uh, listening, you know. And I I think somewhere I can't remember where, it, and I can't remember where I read it or what uh, what exactly it said, but uh, said something something else said that you got a bit of a Celtic feeling to your music as well. Yeah, absolutely. Our uh, <coughs> our fiddle player Bennett. Um, adds a lot of that and uh and he and i both you know from a pretty early early age we're really into uh you know like a lot of the old like folk recordings and and uh, a lot of like the appalachian music and it's stuff like that that all derives back uh you know to scotland and ireland and um and uh anyways yeah so i think i think you definitely get get a, a pretty good dose of uh of Celtic influence uh, at, at the show, for sure. Uh, yes, uh, hey, nothing wrong with uh, reaching into your ancestry a little bit. I think that's excellent. Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. Yes. And uh, where where are you guys originally from again? So we're all based in Austin, Texas, and uh, the majority of us are from Texas originally, and uh, our fiddle player, Bennett, is... Uh, is from Kentucky originally. Okay, because one of my favorite songs by you guys is Oklahoma City, and then, of course, uh, that kind of got uh, got stuck in my brain a little bit, but I had to make sure, and I, I was definitely wrong. So, No, for sure. Yeah, Oklahoma was, that was kind of the first, uh, that was the first place we, 
we kind of could call home outside of Texas. And the first place we kind of developed any kind of a fan base was in Oklahoma City um, outside of the state of Texas. And, and that was from doing shows with, with Turnpike Troubadours for um, a company at the time that existed called Mustang Brewing Company in Oklahoma City, or technically Mustang, Oklahoma. And, um, and those guys would get us up there to open shows for Turnpike. And, and uh, anyways, because of that, that situation, we started to kind of develop a small fan base, and um, and uh, that that was the first for us outside of uh, our home state. Yes, yeah. So is is that where that song comes from? Yeah, absolutely. Yes, yes. Another one I really like too, of course, is uh, Hail Mary. I mean, this. I I think uh, just the the way that song is put together, the way you sing it, says you know I mean, you sing it with some conviction and with some power, and you know I, I just I just absolutely love the way it's put together. Well, thank you, thank you very much. I appreciate it. It's definitely more of a kind of leans way more on the rock side of our sound for sure. Yes, yes. Now. Speaking of, speaking of that too, uh, uh, who would you say are some of uh, your main influences? Um, I grew up I grew up listening to a ton of uh, like I, you know a very wide range of stuff. Honestly, like my brothers listen to a lot of like um, you know uh, alternative rock and and nineties rock and stuff like that um, when we were when we were growing up and my parents listened to oldies music and gospel music. And, and so it was definitely kind of an odd, odd combination, but I've, I've been inspired a lot by, um, you know, every, like, uh, like Bruce Springsteen and, uh, and Hayes Carl and, and, um, uh, Ryan Bingham and, uh, Mumford and Sons and, uh, you know, a very wide range of, uh, of bands like Kings of Leon. Um, and, and so, yeah, but I mean, I, I listen to all kinds of stuff. I mean, I think it's important for an artist that's, uh, to explore all genres and, uh, you know, to really find, uh, find that true appreci- appreciation for, for music for sure. No, absolutely. Yes. Yes. I mean, you know, I mean, the, there are some that uh, I will say that I don't particularly care for, but uh, who's not going to tell you that? Like I, I really feel like what they call country music today has gone more or less pop, <laughs> and I know oh, I, of course. I'm not the only one that's going to say that. Uh, but of course, there's another genre out there that's not heard of as much that they call dark country. I don't know if you've heard of it or not, but it's more or less... Uh, that's like a combination of heavy metal and an old style country put together. And uh, okay, no, I think Hank the Third is the closest thing to like grunge country that I've ever heard. Oh, <laughs> so dark, I'm not too familiar. Yeah, dark country is where the, um, I was. I was listening to some of the songs. In fact, there's a CD out there called Dark Country, and um, I mean, not only does it sound like a mix of uh, country and heavy heavy metal, but the lyrics too. They're they are very dark songs. <laughs> yeah. 
I mean, yeah, I, no, that's the first I've heard of it, but I, I'm I'm not shocked by anything these days. <laughs> well, let's just say you know, old country is kind of like uh, you know, my wife left, my dog died, and all I could do is drink. With dark country, it's like my wife left for another man, and I'm going to go after the bastard. <laughs> got it, got it. Yeah, I love it. Yes, yes, indeed. So uh, I I do have to ask now I. I got to say, and I, I know exactly why, because I missed uh, the opportunity to see you guys the, uh, the last couple of years. Of course, uh, being here in Idaho, I was at uh, Highway 30 2020, and I know you couldn't make it because uh, Gordy told me one of the band members caught COVID. Then last year, unfortunately, I had, uh, I had a situation with my employer to where I couldn't, I couldn't make it myself, or I, I would have been there. I think uh, I don't know if you guys. I haven't checked the lineup yet. Uh, hopefully, you guys are going to be there uh, uh, this year. But going back to 2020 and all that, uh, you know, uh, COVID. How how big a damper did uh, COVID have on 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 you and on the band and all that? Um, obviously, there was a time where you, you couldn't do much. Yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, it's been a, a very interesting time, like to say the least. We've had to definitely get pretty creative in terms of, you know, how can we, how can we make, uh, how can we keep keep revenue coming in and and everybody on on salary and and um, and just make this work, you know, during a time that a lot of people are are uh, are not not willing to go out and buy a ticket and and so we did a lot of like Facebook live stream concerts and people would like donate money for, for us to do those. And, um, you know, we sold a ton of merchandise and, um, and we, to, to be honest with you, I mean, we were, we were as safe as we could be, but I mean, we still tried to keep working the best we could. We never, we never just said like, no, we're not willing to, to play a show. Um, unless it was truly like a, a sketchy condition, you know, if it was outdoors and it was socially distanced or they had tables or whatever, I mean, we were all over it, you know, any, any opportunity we could get and, um, just trying to make ends meet, you know, and trying to, trying to keep it all alive. Yeah. That show in 2020, I mean, Gordy had it uh, set up to where there was potentially going to be some social distancing and, hand sanitizers everywhere and people did take full advantage of that but uh when the big acts like chris jansen hit the stage there was absolutely no social distancing and uh, you want to know how many confirmed cases of covid came out of uh, out of that event oh there's no telling there's zero. no telling <laughs> zero <laughs> yo you're kidding now i ended up catching covid like uh, four months later after that but uh you know, obviously, I got through it, and, and uh, well, I, I mean, that's amazing. That's I'm I'm so glad to hear that. I uh, you know, it's it's just a uh, you know, at the end of the day, it's it's a gamble, and it's something that I think everybody at a certain point just has to. Um, every everybody, in my opinion, at a certain point, has to just kind of weigh the risk the risk reward and and. Um, and decide to, you know, either, either live your life with, with a little bit of a risk and, and, um, 
and, and, and go about it that way and try to try to keep your life moving forward or stay shut down and, and, and not, and not do anything. And either one of them is fine. But at the end of the day, I feel like it's up to the individual to decide, uh, based on, uh, their own, you know, risk reward assessment, you know what I mean? And that's kind of the way it's been since the beginning of time, uh, up until now, I feel like, and, um, it's obviously a, it's, it's a dangerous thing that's affected a ton of people, but, you know, fortunately, you know, if people are scared of it or if they're concerned, they, they can go get vaccinated and they can wear a mask and, and do these things. And, and for those that are willing to, to risk it um, and, and just live their life the way they want to, I mean, more power to them as well. So I, I, that's, that's just kind of the way I, I see it. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, but I, you know, I mean, we're seeing uh, the news, you know, they come out with this Omnicron stuff and this uh, Delta stuff, whatever. I don't know. It's like, I, I, I'm just, I'm just scratching my head, shaking my head, whatever. So I, I don't care anymore, you know, unless, unless we hear about uh, something like the bubonic plague where people are dropping like flies, then I'm going to be a bit concerned. So. Of course. Yeah, of course. Yeah, but uh, so like I'm terribly sorry I could not make it this last year. But are, are you going to be uh, heading up this way again uh, uh, for uh, this year's uh, Highway 30? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. We're absolutely planning on being there in June, and and um, we always look forward to it. <clears throat> and um, Gordy always. Uh, you know, goes above and beyond to try to take care of us. And, and, uh, they've treated us so well throughout the years at that festival. And and we always look forward to trying to get, get back out there. You know, I've, I've been around the fight business, you know, and I've been been around fight promoters at boxing and MMA events. And, um, you know, and I've seen a couple of other events too, where you basically have the promoter who, uh, does care about putting on a good show because for them it's all about what's going to go into their wallets. But, uh, you know, Gordy, obviously, uh, he has to make money. We know that. But uh, it's like uh, that's that's his second, third, maybe fourth concern. To, it, to him, it's all about having a good time, putting on a great show, and making sure everybody's satisfied. That's what I really like for about sure. Gordy. Yeah, and I and I I absolutely agree with you on that. Um, and uh, you know, I mean, he truly just you know for for a side of just to show like a side of things that you know the average like fan that that shows up at that festival might not be aware of. But I mean, he he's one of very few festivals that I mean, truly like. Uh, you know, the offers we get from him, a lot of times you'll get offers from festivals that are way undercutting like what your value is and, and, you know, undercut what you would like to get paid to, to get all the way up there and do it. And he is uh, one of very few that, I mean, the offers we get from him are always just extremely generous, like trying to, trying to really make it worth our while to be there and not, you know, not try to just like milk us for whatever, whatever they can, you know, and, and I respect that a lot out of him and it, it helps us uh, continue to, 
to to keep making it up there and keep moving down the road, you know. Yes, yes. I mean, Go- I mean, Gordy has proven, you know, that uh, he genuinely cares, you know, about the about the artists and about the fans, and uh, and and it really shows. I mean, the the end results uh, show for themselves, you know, and. I had a great time in 2020, and I would have had a great time in 2021 if I didn't have that situation. Um, but uh, this time, you know, I'm I'm going to make sure that uh, come up this year, I'm going to make sure everything's going to be cleared properly because I am not going to miss uh, this this year's show, be, especially when I have a relative who's going to be performing as well. So, oh, that's awesome! Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, hopefully. Hopefully we can catch up in person when we uh, when we're up there. Well, I'll have a booth set up as I did in 2020, and uh, yeah, we'll have to do a uh, live interview face to face. So, yeah, yeah, yes. absolutely. Well, well, I hope we can we can get it set up, man. Absolutely. So, uh, just moving on here a little bit. Uh, aside from that, uh, can you uh, tell of of uh, anything more coming up? Uh, uh, other than uh, Highway 30, I'm looking at your Facebook. I see you're going to be in Pendleton, Oregon. Uh, what's all on in uh, the near future for you, man? Um, we we just recorded two new songs that we're about to be releasing, and uh, we're we're really excited about those. And we just got asked to do um, a. a a really exciting tour that we can't really talk about at all quite yet, but, um, it's, it's looking like, you know, this year is going to be, uh, you know, pretty, uh, pretty busy and, and, um, really, really beneficial for us. And, and so I'm, I'm really excited to, uh, you know, to get into it for sure. Yes. Yes, indeed. Yeah. It's, so uh, definitely, you know, things are looking up from 2020 and uh, the future is definitely looking brighter for sure. Yeah, no doubt about it. No doubt about it. And, um, and you know, I, uh, we, had a great, we had a great year this year. Um, it's just been an interesting time, you know, from, you know, I still can't believe that we're, you know, that right now we're looking at, you know, we're about to be at two years, you know, during this whole time, this pandemic. And, and, um, and, you know, I can't say thank you enough to like, you know, all of our fans out there that would buy, buy merch and, and, and send any kind of like, you know, donation when we would do those live streams. Like, I can't say thank you enough just because that was what truly got us through that time. And, um, and it's just really nice, like getting to play shows again that are that that feel normal. It's it's still not fully normal, but it it feels so much more normal than it did there for for a while. And so we're just we're very appreciative, and and um, you know we're just glad to be able to keep keep at it. Yes, yes. So something else I got to ask you about though. Uh, the song that I played uh, before uh, we started this interview, of course, is All I See Is You, and that was featured in uh, Yellowstone. And I mean, to get uh, to get an opportunity like that uh, overall, ha- what was your initial reaction that that song is featured, in, uh, as well as the rest of the band as well? 
Uh, man, I mean, I was uh, I was ecstatic whenever our, uh, our manager told me about it, and we tried to, you know, we didn't really say a word about it uh, to hardly anybody uh, for the longest time. Uh, for one, just because, like, you know, you're obviously not supposed to say anything, but for two, we had never had an opportunity like that, and I, I almost didn't want to jinx it, you know, and, like, say something too early and... and um, you know, I more or less kind of took the mentality of like, okay, like I'll believe it when I see it, you know, and, and, um, and, uh, you know, they, they had approached our management, um, to, you know, to try to feature the song on two episodes. And, and, uh, and then they mentioned like that there was going to be a name shout out, uh, for us as well. And we kind of didn't understand like what they were talking about by that. But then whenever, Whenever it aired, um, we were actually on tour uh, in Virginia Beach um, on that Sunday night, and the venue happened to have this huge LED, like, big screen behind the stage, and we asked them if we could kind of turn the show into a watch party for that Yellowstone episode and then just play after, and they let us do that, and um, it just made for a really cool a really cool uh, moment like we were out there with with our fans and just having a drink like you know they turned the lights down and had it on this big screen it was just a really cool way uh, to for it all to go down and uh, it was just a really special moment for us and and um, you know it it was just amazing to see kind of the uh, the aftermath of 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 the the support and and new new listeners that we got you know immediately after that that feature oh that's great and there's a little bit of history of being repeated in this if you you uh may not be familiar but uh obviously you know texas is the home to a lot of great bands um of uh, many genres but i'm pretty sure i you you remember uh post-grunge band from the 90s called the Toadies, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, well, before they made their uh, big break in, what, what was it, uh, 1995, when they came out with Rubberneck, uh, their lead singer was like, oh, I'll, I'll believe this when I see it, hold my job at the gas station, whatever, because I don't think this is going to go very far. And, uh, lo and behold, I that uh, that particular CD sold God knows how many copies, millions, and uh, yeah, they really hit it big. So, yeah, no, absolutely. I'm I'm a huge fan of that that band. I think they were um, I think they were based in Tyler, Texas, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, that's right, Tyler. I could I couldn't remember, but uh, you you reminded me. But then again, uh, te- Texas is. They say it's a small world, but Texas is a really, really big place. So. For sure, for sure, it's a vast, vast area. And uh, the Whiskey Myers guys—they're from—they're uh, from that area as well, like Palestine, Texas, over there next to Tyler. Well, try taking the drive from uh, Texarkana to El Paso. I didn't—I didn't think I was going to see the end of Texas. No man, and and that's a tough one too because there's not a lot to look at on that on that highway. Um, oh, you know, there's there's much much prettier areas of Texas to drive through, in my opinion. 
I saw a lot of oil rigs. That was kind of interesting. But <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's that's kind of my point. Yeah, but um, yeah, that that stretch it just didn't just seemed endless. I mean, going from one side of the state, you know, basically the Arkansas border, and then uh, all the way to New Mexico's. Yeah, I think I think it must it must have taken just just under twelve hours, somewhere around there. Yeah, for sure, for sure. It it uh that highway definitely feels like it's it's never there when you're doing that drive. <laughs> now I now as for for me, I mean I've been up uh, north in the Panhandle, Amarillo, Lubbock, that area, but. Now I've got. I next time I'm there, I've got to go. Uh, maybe more towards the Gulf, Corpus Christi, Galveston. You know, I want to see those areas too. Absolutely, man. You need to get down to uh, like South Padre Island uh, down there. It's beautiful. It's the southernmost tip of Texas, and um, also Big Bend National Park. That's like in the furthest west pretty much portion of texas and um there's a lot of really cool really cool areas in you know the central portion of the state is also like the hill country area and yeah, there's a lot of like vineyards and wineries and and stuff like that popping up out there everywhere and and uh that's kind of close to where all of us live um in austin well, you can expect more vineyards probably with more Californians pulling up stakes and coming on over. Because I, I heard, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, last I heard, too, when it comes to elect, electoral college votes, uh, California's lost some while Ca- Texas is gaining some. So, Yeah, no, there's no doubt about it. I, uh, I, I definitely, I think that Idaho is going through the same thing that, that Texas is going through right now. We're getting a massive, massive influx of, uh, of Silicon Valley right now. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. De- definitely. Uh, we're, uh, Idaho, uh, Texas, and, uh, I think Utah and a few others are some of the most sought after States, uh, here recently. So yeah. Yeah. But, uh, but overall, uh, so so uh, like like we said, we you got a massive tour coming up. You got Highway Thirty coming up. Things are looking up, and uh, you also said that uh, you have uh, you have a couple new songs coming out too. But uh, is there going to be a full album going to be released sometime here in the near future? Man, we, we absolutely hope so. Uh, I think we're going to be releasing kind of like one song at a time, and um, and hopefully by the end of the year we can uh, uh, we can you know drop the remainder of that and and uh, and release a full full record, or at least that's our plan right now. But um, you know, I don't want to say anything too early, and um, but I, I'm very excited to get these these first songs dropped and and uh and get everybody's reaction to them well uh, seems like uh just about almost every artist is doing that now is uh just releasing like one single at a time anymore so that's that's well, a bit people's, different people's attention spans are a lot shorter these days <laughs> 
you have to remember uh, the market for radio and the market for music and everything has changed very, very drastically since uh, what I, since I was a teenager because we didn't have the internet back then. So. No, it's it's a different world for sure. There's no doubt about it. Yes, yes. So uh, just one more question here. Let's say a group of kids ages, oh, 15 to early 20s approach you and tell you, they're going to start a band and they want to get involved in the music business. What what advice do you think you'd give them? Man, I would, uh, you know, I would encourage them to try to always question whatever it is that they're they're releasing and always try to have like a just a little bit of a conscience in the back of their mind on on what it is that they're putting out and something that Ray Wiley Hubbard told me very early on that I, I definitely took to heart was, um, you know, before you release any song, you better be married to it because you just might have to live with it, live with singing it the rest of your life. And, um, you know, just meaning that like, you know, if you write a song that you don't think the 60 year old version of yourself would respect, then maybe you don't release that song because it very well might be your like number one hit that you put out, you know? And so, uh, just kind of having that, that, uh, intuition in the back of your mind to, to, to second guess whatever it is that you're, that you're putting out and just kind of make sure that, that you feel pretty good about it, you know, before you put it out there to the world. And it's something that, you know, every version of yourself from young to old is, is hopefully gonna, gonna respect and be willing to, to perform. I like that answer. A, make, make sure you're married to it. That's interesting. I like that. <laughs> yeah. It's something you don't think about really. And, and when you're young, it's really easy to get excited about something and just try to release it as fast as you possibly can without really thinking of stuff like that. And, I just thought that was pretty wise, pretty wise advice that, that that was given to me early on. And there's still songs I definitely, you know, I'm not, not, you know, crazy proud of. But um, you know, I've tried really hard to 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 question every one of them, you know, before before the world, uh, you know, gets to listen to it. There you go. There you go. <laughs> Well, that's all the questions I have for you, Shane. I really appreciate your time here on the show. And uh, before we go to the upcoming music set where I'm going to feature three more of your songs, uh, why don't you go ahead and give yourself a plug, tell the listeners where they can find Shane Smith and the Saints. You got social media, got a website, uh, Reverb Nation, iTunes, Spotify, and all that good stuff. Yes, sir. Our website is uh, shanesmithmusic.com, and uh, we definitely recommend, like, you know, if you listen to Spotify or Apple Music or whatever your streaming platform is, just uh, go go check our stuff out and, and share it with your friends, and, and uh, we, would, we would really appreciate it. In terms of touring, there's an app called Bands in Town, and if you add us in there, you'll be the first to know you know, if we, if we add a show out in your area and, and, uh, anyways, uh, I just, I highly recommend people to download and, and 
All right, after some uh, brief uh, technical difficulties, we're back uh, here just to wrap this up. But Shane, you were saying something about an app called, uh, what was it, Bands in Town? Or? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah, there's, there's an app called Bands in Town. And um, for, for our tour dates, I highly recommend uh, people going and downloading that. It just makes it way easier uh, to keep up with us uh, if we add a show anywhere in your area. All right. Well, uh, definitely this summer, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to see you guys here uh, for Highway 30 2022. I'm, it's not coming fast enough, <laughs> but uh, hey, once again, I really appreciate your time. I wish you the best of luck in your future endeavors, and uh, yeah, uh, may things uh, continue to prosper and, as uh, we rise from the ashes. No, absolutely, absolutely. I appreciate it, Billy, and uh, yeah, hope to see you in Idaho. Oh, yeah. It's going to happen. Count on it. <laughs> good deal, good deal. Well, be safe, be good, and, uh, and we'll talk to you soon, man. All right, you take care. And there you have the interview with Shane Smith, of course, of Shane Smith and the Saints. Like I said, that was a tough one uh, to get together, but uh, thank God we finally got it done. We're going to go to the first music set of the show. We've got three more songs by Shane Smith and the Saints. Plus, we're mixing in Toxic, The Lyrical Assassin, and Lola Black into the mix. Be right back after this. This is the kind of thing that just tickles my balls. You're listening to Outlaw Radio, and if you don't agree with our opinions, then fuck your mother. Hey, do you kiss your girlfriend with that mouth?
adrenaline junkie? Fitness fanatic? Athlete? Isn't it time you tried Ego Chaser and took things to the limit? The official energy bar sponsor of extreme sports like base jumping, kite surfing, sandboarding, free climbing, helicopter parkour, wingsuit flying, big wave surfing, snowmobile accidents, biathlons, triathlons, and 100 mile ultra marathons. You press it to the limit. You're a super athlete, even though you have an office job and a family you ignore. You don't have time for real friends or to eat proper meals. You're a warrior. You're in training. For what? Who knows? But one thing we do know, you don't even need food. You need fuel. You need calories to burn. And the Ego Chaser Energy Bar delivers. Ego Chaser. Pump yourself up. Let yourself go. It's time to go past the limit. It's not even the limit. It's the energy bar that's all about you. How big is your Ego Chaser?
eastern sun is soon to rise, soon to bring another fight. I bet she'll bring some darker storms ahead. The wind it lifts the desert sand, sings a song of the elder man. The name he bears will echo on through time.
isn't price we've paid turned to nothing And the hopes and dreams we've had become untrue I made a promise I'd never lead you to trouble Then I took your hand and ran without a clue
there is no other feeling than strapping up or grabbing those kettlebells, grappling on the mat, or doing some shadow boxing, getting knocked down, getting back up, throwing strikes, and then doing it all over again. So when you hear someone scream, gear up, you better get ready, because it's just you, your Hunter Athletic Gear, and the voice telling you to train harder. No matter how much experience you have, Hunter Athletic Gear stands with you all the way. Their products are engineered for utmost comfort, protection, and speed. Battle after battle, Hunter Athletic Gear is the brand celebrating your victory. Hunter Athletic Gear has a range of great training and fight gear for men and ladies, including compression pants, fight shorts, hoodies, vests, caps, and bikinis. They can create custom branded ranges for your gym or business. Visit their website at huntermma.co.za. Gear up and let's train. What news and information are your media dollars buying when the narrative is prescribed by the advertisers? Scripted lies, media brainwashing, and thought control. Take back your voice. Take back our media. But most of all, take back our First Amendment. Subscribe to Caravan to Midnight today for hard-hitting commentary free from political correctness and media bias as I and some of the most intelligent and interesting people on Earth delve deep into what really lies beyond the headlines. Three to four hour uninterrupted and uncensored information. Join our CTM family today. Join the movement. Join the fight for freedom and independence. Caravan to Midnight is media for the people, by the people, independent of commercial obligations or influence. For less than a cup of coffee per month, you can make a difference. Let the people fund the next news network. Help us grow. Help us create a platform where we place freedom of speech and thought first. Join the family at caravantomidnight.com. A well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. This is the Second Amendment of the United States of America's Constitution. This Second Amendment, the right of law-abiding Americans to privately own and possess firearms, is under attack like no other time in America's history. Joe Biden and Kamala Harris have pledged to take away your Second Amendment rights through gun bans, gun confiscations, and government regulations. Even a gun tax. Do not take this lying down. The time to take action and fight to protect your Second Amendment rights is now. Join the Second Amendment Foundation, the oldest and largest nonprofit foundation focused on protecting your Second Amendment rights. For more information, to join or to donate, visit saf.org. Ladies and gentlemen, we are proud to announce that Outlaw Radio officially has affiliation with MyPillow. Mike Lindell supports America and we support Mike, but sadly him and his company have been victimized by this cancel culture. But that's not going to stop Mike from making sure you get the best sleep possible and now is the time to take advantage of those savings. Go to www.outlawradioabs.com. Go to the store section, click on the MyPillow banner and start your online shopping. Be sure to use the promo code OUTLAW and get up to 66% off your purchase. And if you act right now, you can get our standard My Pillow for $19.98, regular price $69.98. These pillows are made right here in the USA and are washable. So again, go to www.outlawradioabs.com. Go to the store section. Click on the My Pillow banner and start your online shopping. But remember to use that promo code OUTLAW to take advantage of those savings. Or you can place your order by calling 1-800-652-3982. 
And now a message for the men. Listen up, guys. Fact. As we men age, our IGF-1 growth factor levels decrease, which can lead to gradual deterioration of energy, muscle growth, and immune function. From Neutronics Labs comes a line of health supplements that make men men again. Deer Antler Velvet. Listen. IGF-1 Plus Deer Antler Velvet contains the most concentrated source of widely diversified nutrition found in the plant or animal kingdom. Choose from Neutronics Labs liposome spray products. From the Ultra 10,000 nanograms package to the Platinum 300,000 nanograms package. They're also specially formulated supplements for joint pain relief, more energy, better stamina, better natural sleep, stress relief, and weight loss. For more information about these amazing products, visit keys2life.shop. That's K-E-Y-S, the number two, life.shop. IGF-1 Plus Deer Antler Velvet Supplements from Neutronics Labs. Making men, men again. Yo, baby, you've had your asshole licked by a fat man in an overcoat? You're listening to Outlaw Radio. Now buy a sewing machine, take it home, and cram it up your ass. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Outlaw Radio, brought to you by Coldcock Whiskey. Raise your glass, take a shot. You must be 21 years of age or older to drink. Hunter Athletic, Gear Up, Let's Train, and Neutronics IGF-1, Making Men, Men Again. The songs you just heard, you just heard Shane Smith and the Saints with Oklahoma City. Before that, Lola Black with All In. Before that, Shane Smith and the Saints with Geronimo. Before that, Toxic, the Lyrical Assassin with Broken. And starting off the whole set, Shane Smith and the Saints with Hail Mary. Yes, uh, once again, a big shout out to Shane Smith. Thank you so much for joining the show. So in just a little bit, it'll be time for an AOW Classic. Yes, going back uh, 10 years ago when I talked to DeMart the Wolf Pinna out of South Africa, originally out of Angola, of course. Before I get to that, it is time to reveal... The Outlaw Radio Idiot of the Week. And ladies and gentlemen, the Outlaw Radio Idiot of the Week this week is Omar Soto out of Chicago. So he decided to carjack an SUV with children inside. And then when he left the scene of the crime, he left his parole slip. So he gets his freedom, goes out, and does something stupid. And he's right back where he should be. Wow. Just fucking wow some people. All right. Well, enough on that. Let's go to AOW Classics and the interview with DeMart the Wolf Pinna. Here we go. Digging deep into the history of AOW Productions. This is an Outlaw Radio AOW Classic. This week, I'll tell you, our quest to go international does not stop. Once again, uh, I'm calling the country of South Africa, and once again, I have one of their current champions, 
Please welcome DeMart the Wolf Pinna out of South Africa, originally from Angola. How you doing, DeMart? I'm all right, my brother. How how are you doing? Hey, I'm doing great. Now, DeMart, my Good first... Sir. Yeah, you're very welcome. My first question is, uh, as I ask all the fighters that have been on my show, um, what were your early inspirations? What made you want to get involved in the fighting arts to begin with? Well, uh, initially I grew up as a very, uh, let's say, uh, very troubled, troubled child, so to speak. I was uh, really always in school, got into trouble, and uh, I just needed something so that I could focus my channel, my channel in. So then I started in with the martial arts. I did a bit of judo, karate when I was a bit younger. But then later on, I turned into Muay Thai, then started doing uh, wrestling and chips, then uh, eventually all led up to mixed martial arts. Okay, now Now I said you're originally from Angola, and uh, is that uh, where your training began, or uh, did you move uh, into South Africa earlier in your life? Well, my 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 parents, my father passed away um, in South Africa. Well, at the time, we were still back in Angola. Then my mom just decided that rather we just stay in South Africa because at the time, because of the civil war. Things were not quite stable back home, so we decided to move into South Africa around '99. Then with that, because um, my father was uh, uh, an, an insurgent, so to speak, he was fighting for the rebel movement UNITA in Angola. So with that, after his passing and um, everything else that was happening back home, South Africa was a better, better, better option for us to live at the time. So and, uh, with that. Uh, Oh, go yeah. ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You were yes. saying. Yes, yeah, with that, so it was much easier for us just to live here. And um, my grandfather was actually the, was a, the rebel leader in the fighting against uh, the uh, empire. He was the unitary leader. So I come really from a background of, of soldiers and uh, warriors, you know, with a fighting called colonialism. And yeah, so with that and um, the, just the fighting spirit just was growing up uh, just inherited yeah, so, yeah wow this this is very interesting i i gotta admit uh, prior to talking to you i did i didn't expect this wow this, you definitely got me intrigued on this so um do you so your father being would you say he was a, a part of the resistance uh at, yeah, he was uh he was the the general of of unita wow he was uh arlindo pena yeah and my grandfather was Jonas Savimbi, so uh, one of he when he would Unita was one of the most strategic or um, insurgents like of the 20th century. So actually, fighting was part of me, and I grew up in the time of the war, and you had to relocate most of the time because of the the war that was happening. So it's a rough time that we I grew up in, and um, the only place that I could find comfort was the martial arts, where you could channel all the the anger and uh, Exactly. Some form of peace you you find in uh, through 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 the fighting and I lost both my parents uh, because of the war. So it's so yeah, I mean that easy. So oh, I I can I can only imagine. Wow. So is it safe yeah, to? Okay. Us, I mean, it sounds like your your father was a warrior and your grandfather was a warrior. So being a warrior in some shape or form is in your blood. Is it safe to assume that? Well, I, I believe so, and also most of my uncles they were soldiers, and uh, I mean, uh, fighting is not like something that is just I just decided to do. 
think it's probably just a calling and uh, since I, if probably if I wasn't gonna be fighting, I'll probably be in the army or some form of of, of combat or contact sports. Well, at least, so, at least in the cage, nobody's shooting at you, so that's got to be a comforting factor. <laughs> I truly believe that uh, mixed martial arts is called a beautiful war, you know, and um, it's uh, you both parties have to agree on it, you have to sign on it. And um, afterwards, you, you, you go on about it. But it's not a case of where you actually, your life is, you know, you can shoot me today. It doesn't mean you, you have to watch out for tomorrow because I'll come for you, you know what I mean? Yeah. So we go in the cage, we settle our businesses, and that's it. If, you, if there, there should be a rematch, then we sign on it again. It's a, it's a beautiful sport, and more and more people are recognizing that around the world. And it's just beautiful to be part of, of, of this great journey. Absolutely. I, I couldn't agree more. Now, correct me if this is uh, inaccurate, because uh, SureDog is not always right, but uh, they, they currently have you listed at uh, 3-0. and Is that uh, correct? Yes, yes. That's, that is my current record. Okay. And it, any fights before this, any amateur or that's not listed or anything like that? Yes, I had quite a few of amateur fights um, in Muay Thai and uh, had a lot of grappling fights and also mixed martial arts amateur fights. Oh, okay. So, so uh, out of those, which one did come first, Muay Thai or the grappling or uh, the MMA? First, I started uh, with uh, Muay Thai fights. I had uh, quite a few of Muay Thai fights as an amateur. Then, I, with the jits coming along, I also started grappling quite a lot. Then with that, uh, now, I guess the most guys going to MMA. Then I had a few MMA fighters, so that I was being quite successful at them. Then uh, an opportunity came along. At the time, I was still I was doing my last year in university, and uh, the training was quite uh, quite strenuous. So I decided to just take a, a a few time off, so that I can just focus on my on my professional career. And that's when I had my first professional fight. So, so it wasn't quite. A, I haven't been fighting for quite a while now. My my first professional fight was uh, last year. So I had three fights last year, which then led to the to the championship fight. Absolutely. So quite a quite a short career, but yeah, <laughs> for now. <laughs> yes, and and uh, looking at uh, the way you fought, especially uh, the one fight I watched was against. Uh, uh, if I can pronounce the name right, uh, Jean Luc Cadazzi. And uh, oh yes, it, it looks you know people can say how uh, the fighters in other countries are be, are have phenomenal stand up, which you do. Your your stand up looks fantastic, but uh, they say how far behind you are on, on the ground game, which I think they're only half right on that because your wrestling looked really really good against him. I mean, uh, how many hours a day do you think you spend on uh, grappling and wrestling training alone? Well, I just had a recent move to uh, one of the best, if not the best, uh, training camps in Africa, called Fifer Militia, where Gareth also is is uh, trained in. Um, here we actually wrestle every day. Now we do jits every day. We wrestle every day. Some uh, on Mondays and Wednesday we're doing a lot of uh, striking Muay Thai wise. Tuesdays and Thursdays we focus more on on the boxing. So, but here we trying to like the guys have been to the TriStar gym not 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 a lo- not a while ago. We try to pick up on the trends of the of how the guys are training and what mostly they're doing. Then we realize that 
we're actually not that far, far, far away from 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 the skill level. But it's it's we are quite realistic here in Africa. We know that the sport is still very young here in this side. So the UFC has been going on almost 18, 19 years, if I'm not mistaken. But we're getting there, you know, slowly. We're trying to see how the trends are outside of Africa, so that we can uh, maybe one day just also be in that same same level as all the other fighters. But we do work a lot on the ground and stand up. Absolutely. Now, have you had the opportunity to travel overseas to to here to the to North American continent or to Japan or to Europe or any anywhere else to uh, better enhance your skills to train with uh, like like Gareth got to come, uh, go to Canada to yes. train with George St Pierre. Yes. Yeah. At the moment, I've, since I only joined this uh, new camp now, but we are looking at uh, going to Thailand, uh, Brazil. And also Canada again, and hopefully go to the United States just to see, uh, just so that we can better our skills because we know that those guys are that side at the pinnacle of the sport. But we, we're just taking it easy, and hopefully this year we can extend more of our knowledge just by traveling and see if we can just improve as fighters. So definitely that's uh, the plan for the future, and it will surely happen in the near future. Okay. Yeah, so it sounds great. Now, I do, I do have to ask in uh, to the modern uh, mixed martial arts uh, as of today or even past champions, uh, who do you like to watch uh, in the UFC or Bellator or Pride or Strikeforce? Who who do you like to watch? Well, I think uh, one of the greatest fighters that I believe uh, at our current time is Frankie Edgar. And because uh, the guy's fighting, uh, he walks around in his, in his wall. It is fighting weight and uh, he doesn't have to cut any weight. He's a small guy beating up bigger guys. And basically, one of them, uh, like for me as well, I'm fighting as a featherweight, but I'm naturally a bantam weight, quite smaller, so I don't have to cut weight. So that inspires me a lot as a fighter to know that as a matter of size, uh, physically you are, it's the, the, your heart that matters. And Frankie Edgar is truly one of my uh, MMA heroes. And obviously, guys like uh, Anderson Silva. Uh, GSP, those guys are really hardworking and they're really taking the sports to new heights. So I really look up to those kind of guys. And obviously, uh, the featherweight champion, Jose Aldo, what an amazing fighter. And uh, yeah, we're just constantly working towards that kind of level of, of fighting. And one day, we'll, Africa will surely produce that kind of level of, of mixed martial arts. Okay. Well, well, let's talk about uh, the first time you ever stepped into the cage uh, as an amateur. Obviously, I don't have those uh, records. It was, was that in a ring or a cage? It, it, the first fight here was actually because most, most of the tournaments were not actually quite educated in terms of fighting the cage. They were like mostly in the pride fights where they were yeah. fighting the ring. Yeah. I had quite a few fights in the ring. But then later on, uh, most most uh, promotions, the amateur promotions here, yeah, they started to transition from fighting to the ring mode to the cage. Okay. So this, it's a bit, a bit different. A uh, few, few skill sets that you need to acquire, uh, especially the clinch work against the cage and other, other forms of, of techniques that you can use the cage to your advantage. But uh, it's yeah, well, most, most of the, the promotions here in, um, in Africa transitioning more to fighting from the traditional ring into the um, mixed martial arts cage. Okay. So, so the very first time you ever stepped in the cage, uh, like I said, as, as an amateur, that's that's uh, the information I don't have. But explain to my listeners how that fight went for you and uh, 
how how it ended and and uh, how you felt during the fight. Well, actually, the first time I, it's like it's a complete different um, experience, and uh, somehow I don't really it's feel like a blur to me. You know, I don't really because the rush is just. You know, you're so excited. You've been watching all those great fighters like Rose Gracie and all those other guys fighting in the cage, and all of a sudden you feel like, wow, somehow their form of greatness can be rubbed onto you. You're feeling like a warrior, you know? And it's a great experience. I, though, I won the fight for by submission with the armbar. And uh, yeah, a great experience. And uh, as a fighter, you know, you always live up to those moments when you can like, call yourself, you know, I'm a warrior, I'm a fighter. So those kind of moments we always treasure forever. But the, the experience actually was quite um, blurry because, uh, you know, you're so excited and your adrenaline is rushing. And so, yeah, you know. Great stuff for, for for a fight, especially when you're starting off as a you know, young MMA career. So great moments. Now, like I said, your stand-up, from what I've seen, looks great. Um, as far as your stand-up style, um, how do, where do you feel your power is? Do you, do you think you've got like uh, the knockout power of uh, of Mike Tyson, or do you do you feel like you need to pick your opponent apart like Muhammad Ali did? Wow, I uh, know it's, it's actually quite quite humble to be compared to those kind of great fighters. I believe I'm stand up is in in a level where it still needs a lot of improvement and such, and um, we're constantly working towards that. And I, in my amateur career, I have knocked out a few guys, but then I've had those also those fights where I had to fight um, more strategically and not commit myself so much. And um, I believe I'm, I'm still being shaped as a fighter. I'm only 23 years old at the moment, so I still have a lot of work to do in terms of my overall MMA game. But if 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 I'm um, able one day to be able to mix the two, as Muhammad Ali style, and or maybe the guy gets careless, he can use the more of Mike Tyson, probably and we even throw those left hooks. So, but it's still in a uh, my game is still in a progress. And I'm constantly improving as a fighter every day, and that's what it's all about here. Yeah, just uh, if every day you are better than yesterday, then that's that's what it's all about for 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 me. Absolutely. Now, how did it come to be that uh, you got on with um, the EFC Africa promotion? Was that before or after you went to uh, fight Fit Militia? That was before. Uh, before I was training at a, a different camp. And um, at, the, at the time, I was doing quite well as an amateur, winning a lot of fights. And uh, the EFC at the time didn't have a bantam, I mean, a featherweight division. So they were scouting for quite a, quite a lot of fighters to join the featherweight division. Then we were fortunate enough to get the opportunity to, to get the call. And when we joined in, we jumped in with everything. And uh, that's when I won my first fight, uh, 52 seconds, the rear naked choke. Yeah, actually, yeah, 52, yeah. 52 seconds, and here it says 24. Nonetheless, you made very, very quick work of him. Uh, what's uh, I can't pronounce the name very well. Um, Mawande. Mawande. Yes. 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 And yeah, you talked about uh, the adrenaline, and of course, obviously, you're nervous. You're not human if you're not nervous, um, but. Uh, with you going to a bigger stage like EFC Africa, uh, I, I do have to ask, uh, how bad was that 
part for you, or were you more excited than nervous? I was actually like <laughs> the experience was quite. Uh, I was quite nervous. You know that everyone is gonna be watching you, your friends, your family. It's not just a case where just the teammates that go watch you in your amateur fights. But that 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 feeling of fighting on the biggest stage, well, millions of people watching all over the world, it's quite quite daunting. Uh, but once you go in there and um, you you trade the first few punches or so, then you realize hey you're in a fight and that's when uh, everything else just goes out your head and you have to focus on your opponent. But after afterwards after my first fight, my second fight, I felt much much at ease. Um, I was playing more uh, with game plans. And my first fight, I just went there to just have the mentality to just go out there and, and, and finish the fight. But my second fight, we studied a lot of, of my, my opponents and we came up with a great game plan so that we can at least go. The more nervous you are because you don't have probably a proper game plan. So if you're well prepared and you have a proper game plan, yeah, then, then obviously your results are more, more likely to be a positive one. Okay. So, in your words, best for you to tell the story, describe to the listeners the whole uh, 52 seconds uh, against Manwap. I'm sorry, pronouncing the name Mawande. wrong. Mawande, yes. Pro- pronouncing yeah, the name is wrong. Um, go ahead and ex- explain to the listeners the best you can uh, tell the story of that fight. Well, we came in. <clears throat> First, we, I think I, I threw a jab, then he went back. Then um, we moved uh, around a little bit. Then he came in with a with a jumping left hook. So I, I dodged it and shot in for a single to double. Um, the down. He hit the cage. If he hit the cage, I pulled him in. Used the cage to take him down. Got into a half guard. I mean side side mount. Side mount controlled him. Easy knee on belly to mount. Pushed it up well through. Uh, eight to ten punches and then he got a bit nervous as he covered up he gave up his back went for sit belt uh, position from his back as he turned I released my uh, left hand three in a rear naked first he wanted to resist then I I, I changed the grip and <laughs> tapped <laughs> yeah that's <laughs> well yeah <laughs> now your second fight in the UFC Africa was the one I was watching before uh, we started this interview yeah and uh, Jean-Luc Cadazzi gave you a good fight. I mean, that, that, that was no walk in the park for you, obviously. Um, a three-round war, which ended w- with you uh, winning the majority decision. But uh, yeah. the best you can, tell our listeners all about that fight. Well, basically went into the fight. We knew that he was a good, very good boxer. And uh, we heard that he has knocked a few guys out before. So we didn't really want to trade with him. So we want to keep them away with a, with a few kicks and uh, let him let him think about the kicks. As soon as he got careless, as he moved in, went in for uh, judo sweep, landed into mount first round. I felt that he was actually quite strong on the ground. Then he just then second round and third round as well. Just used more of my wrestling to keep him down. But this is also one of the reasons that I moved Kent because I, I guessed into the second round and I wasn't training like I should have been um, in that other, my other camp. And um, with that, I had just had to struggle, you know, your tire rating and your, your body's fat is up, <laughs> but you're in a fight. So um, 
with that, um, I, that's why I decided to change camps because I really got in the fight and I didn't feel so prepared enough. And uh, yeah, just just wrestling based fight and and thank God we managed to take the decision. Okay. Now uh, that's when you changed camps and uh, going over to to fight fit militia. Um, I, I got. I just got to ask you know with the with the everything changing um, for you at the time. So basic basically as you went to fight fit militia, what did you find different about them that uh, was different about the other training camps that you had been to? The, the, the thing is that the guys here, yeah, the main main trainer, his name is Richard Kwan, is very realistic about about things and he's not stuck into whole school manners and wake up in the morning every day at four and go jog 10Ks or, you know, he's very realistic and he's very knowledgeable about the sport. And he tries his best to keep up with trends with uh, the international level to other camps as well so that he always, always in tune with guys like from Greg Jackson's team or TriStar or any other other great uh, training camps around the world. And he uses uh, that those other guys' system in order to accommodate our own training system here. So uh, here we we basically trying to emulate the stuff that the guys overseas are, are doing as well so that we can we are able to maintain that standard of of of, of coaching and obviously of fighting. So but here the guys are very professional about things and uh, he's very realistic about <coughs> fighting and uh, he's trying to do things right and uh, trying to do the almost everything like the guys from USC and the other guys, promotions are, are trying to do as the coaching so it's actually quite quite a high high quality of training here and we have quite good coaches that are that also in tune to international levels and standards so that we can keep keep up with the other fighters overseas okay that's the biggest difference here yeah and your next fight uh, was this last uh, September against Leo Glass for the uh, title. Now, you said in your last fight against Kadazi that uh, you had a, a bit of problem with your stamina going into the second round. Um, with this being a five-round bout for the title, uh, was that your first concern, was your stamina? Well, not, not not really. Well, I trained much, much harder for, for that fight. And uh, at the time, I still didn't join Fighter uh, Militia, uh, but I was considering already joining. But uh, it was quite... It's going to be a, let's say, a form of disrespect to leave your current gym now that you, you're in final contention or number one contender. So I just thought, let me just try and work harder as much as I can for this fight, and I'll be able to join my other camps that are most likely going to be a better training facility. For that fight, I really trained really hard, and we came up with a great game plan because Leo Gloss had a five wins, and he knocked, I think, uh, four, three or four guys uh, out. So another case of a, a boxer trying to fight a, a guy that can wrestle. And we, watching his previous fights, we saw that he didn't have a really good takedown defense. And uh, obviously, I was very confident that he was just going to go there and, and be able to knock me out. Uh, when the fight started, we were very, very patient and we waited for him. As soon as he, he moved, he, he was on the ground, kept him there, ground and pound. Just grinded him for the whole five rounds, and we were able to to win the fight that way. Okay. So this time I was 
I felt a bit, um, first, second round felt, a, felt good. Third round, I was a bit, felt a bit tired. But then fourth round, fifth round, I, I came back and was able to maintain the pace and able to win the fight. Okay. And, uh, yeah, I, I saw the pre-fight interview for uh, for that, or what was the, the little preview there for uh, EFC Africa 10. And, uh, oh, no, you, you said... Uh, that uh, he, correct me if I'm wrong. You said you wanted to retire him after that fight. <laughs> what was that? <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, the, the thing is that uh, he's thirty, thirty-seven years old. I think turning thirty-eight. Yeah. And I, I, I explained that the fact that I'm also young and had a quite a quite a long career ahead of me, and he was thirty-eight, uh, thirty-seven. So um, he was more desperate to win the fight than I was. So. And I was quite relaxed going into the fight because I knew that I knew I had a great uh, training camp and um, we had a great plan and we saw all his previous fights. We we studied all his his mannerisms and all how all the things that he does in, in the weighing and the, the smack up that he normally does and everything was planned to to the to the dots and uh, then everything that we already knew that he was going to do so nothing surprised me at all so I wasn't as nervous or that I, I could have been. Uh, we studied him well, and we knew we knew how he was going to fight, so that made it so much easier in coming into the fight. Okay, and and now I have to ask you: you are the EFC Africa featherweight champion. How does that feel, knowing you've got that title? Well, I'm I'm always humbled by by the achievements that of that I that I gain in life and. I always tend to have the mentality of forgetting what I've achieved yesterday so that I can prepare myself for the achievements of today and tomorrow. And um, always, for me, you know, what I've achieved yesterday, it's, it's all good and well, but I have to focus on my, my future. Okay. You know, if you keep on uh, on the achievements of the past, then you're stuck into just that, in that, that form of, uh, you know, for me, it's just basically I achieve whatever achieve, and that's wonderful. But then I have to look now forward to maybe going to an international scene or or achieving more as a fighter. You know, just keep getting better, keep achieving more. That's what it's all about. Now I have to ask: Has has word about you uh, reached Angola, and have you become an inspiration to the people of Angola? Definitely, the sport back home is still quite new. And uh, recently, we uh, I had a program where I was shown on the national TV, and the guys uh, they quite uh, appreciate the fact that the only the only MMA champ from back home and the only non-South African champ in Africa, because the South Africans are leading the way in mixed martial arts in Africa. But uh, it's it's. Actually, not just Angola as such, but many other African countries uh, respect me for the fact that I'm actually the first black champion okay. uh, in Africa. And, um, well, it's, it's actually quite an honor well, to, be, to be part to be, well, to be in the front line of that. Well, you'll be the first of many, I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. Just, it's all about uh, timing and, obviously, uh, dedication and uh, more, more, more black athletes are going to realize what well, such a wonderful sport this is, and it's just going to be more competitive as it is in the UFC or the, any other promotion. Now, how would you feel if uh, 
and forgive me if I'm not sharp on my geography because I know little about the country of Angola, but how would you feel if uh, EFC Africa decided to hold an event in a major city in Angola and you were to put your title on the line there? Wow. <laughs> it's going to be a, definitely a dream come true. Being able to fight back home in front of thousands of people, you know, it's going to be definitely a great, great feeling. Who knows? Maybe they'll, they'll definitely think about that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, I mean, Johannesburg's only one small part of Africa. I'd like to, I'd like to see more pr promotions over there, more major promotions. So that leads me to my next question: How would you feel if the UFC made its way to Johannesburg, or e even other promotions like Bellator or Strikeforce made its way down there to? Uh, Johannesburg area or or other parts of the continent of Africa wow you know we actually yeah we'd be crazy about the UFC and uh, always always keeping up to the level of of the fighters there trying to see the new trends and everything well it's going to be really an honor for all of us as fighters here because we look up to so many guys internationally and really if Dana White could could yeah. bring one, just one one of one of the events here, maybe put a few African uh, fighters on the card. That's gonna be huge, huge, huge. Not just for for <laughs> South Africa as such, but Africa as a whole and all the fighters, and it's gonna motivate the guys even more. Absolutely. Uh, to push themselves harder. Absolutely. So we actually do need that. And who knows? Maybe in uh, one year or less or two, we can have a few. I can have a few UFC events that's going to be wonderful for the sport. Now, I, I will let you know, uh, I'm, tr I'm trying to help uh, Neil Grove, who's a current uh, Bellator fighter, who's been here on my show before. He was born and raised in uh, Johannesburg and moved up to the United Kingdom. And uh, he is trying to get into EFC Africa as we speak. And if he does, Bellator loves uh, co-promoting with other events and uh, if they could uh, co-promote with EFC Africa, that could be huge, especially with their television deal with Viacom and could definitely get you guys even more recognition. So I'm really hoping that he can get down there. You know, he says he he wants to fight uh, Ruan Potts. He's already calling out Ruan Potts already for the ch heavyweight championship, which I think is kind of premature. But, <laughs> you know, if he gets down there, if he gets down there, I think that could only help you guys even more for sure. Definitely, because here in Africa, we're still not recognized internationally and mostly in the African continent. If we can, uh, if the sport can be expanded to such a, a way that every continent is, is at a high level of, of, of fighting, then the sport will even be bigger. So let's hope that things start happening for, for African fighters this year all coming along the next year. Absolutely. Now, say Dana White is uh, listening to this conversation. Now, what would you like to say to him if suppose he was listening? <laughs> Definitely, it would be a great honor to to be associated with the international fighters and, and at the level of the UFC. Just uh, give us give us a try, Dana. You know, yeah, come over here and have one or two African fighters on the UFC card, and we can. Definitely, it's going to be a, a great, um, great marketing for the UFC as well. Because here in Africa, we're just watching the stuff on television or going to the internet, and 
it's going to be a huge, huge event if they were to come to Africa because everyone knows the UFC. And they've been uh, in Dubai, they've been in quite a lot of places, but why not try out Africa, you know? Absolutely. So why not? There's quite a big fall. Quite a big following here. Just try once, like they went to Brazil or, or whatever. Try once and definitely uh, there is a following and great potential for the UFC to expand even more and obviously the promotions here in Africa to even be bigger. Now, uh, looking into your future, uh, do, you, do you see perhaps uh, star staring at Jose Aldo or Dominic Cruz, if you choose to go down to 135, uh, do you see those guys in your future, perhaps? Well, those guys have always been uh, heroes and inspirations as a fighter, and I don't, I don't have disillusions or I'm, I'm always humble and focused at my basket hand, and I'm, I have definitely goals for the future, and but my my plan is always to take one step at a time. Uh, humble yourself and don't think you're more than what you really are. Those guys are exceptional fighters and they've worked really hard to get to where they are. And I'm just I'm just working as hard now, and who knows, maybe in the future our paths may cross. But it's all about daily progress and improving as a fighter every day. Okay. And uh, one of my last questions that I should have asked at the beginning of the show, but uh, you nicknamed the Wolf. Where does that come from? Well, every time actually there's, there's a full moon, uh, I'm not able to sleep. I was <laughs> 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 <No>, just kidding. <laughs> no, well, well, the Wolf is just uh, a name that my coach gave me, and. Uh, just sometimes uh, when I'm really in good shape and uh, sometimes I, when I'm training, it's, it's, it's not like I would look like a werewolf or, or such a wolf. Okay. So then that's when the, the, the name wolf started coming along. And <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, but honestly, I can't sleep. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah. yeah, just I mean that my family gave me. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was just wondering about that because, uh, you know, it's – for African fighters, whether they're white or black, doesn't matter. They're given names like the the, the rhino, the lion, or something like that, and they 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 give you the name of, of a North American animal. So I, I I was just curious where that came from. So yeah, yeah, true. <laughs> Maybe it should be like the mamba, African mamba, or something. <laughs> no, just the name. It sounds quite cool, and uh, hey, and, and it's it's original too. I'll, I'll give you that. It is definitely yeah. original. That's uh, that's why I like it. Well, Demart, yeah. uh, that's that's about all the questions I have for you. To go ahead and uh, give a shout out to your sponsors and let the listeners know where you can be found on the internet. All right, um, I'd like to give a shout out to my sponsors again. I tap out. I'd like to give a shout out to Everlast, uh, USN, and all the other sponsors. Um, as well, and uh, if you want to follow me, you can find me on Twitter at the Wolf Penner, or find me on Facebook, the Mark Penner, or my group, the Mark the Wolf Penner. Follow our, our progress uh, as fighters, and just keep supporting, guys. Thanks a lot. Thank you, Billy, for everything and for the interview, and it's been an honor. Hopefully, we can definitely chat again, brother. Oh, absolutely, and uh, for sure, you know. Who knows, maybe you'll make it over this way to this side of the globe, or who knows, I, I'd like to take a vacation. I'd like to go down to South Africa during a EFC event and, and uh, you know, 
join join in on the action. So who knows? Maybe it, it'll happen one day. And definitely, yeah. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, definitely. Obviously, yeah, the future is really unpredictable, and who knows? Maybe sooner sooner than later, we'll be talking face to face and having a good chat about uh, the future of the sport. Absolutely, I would lo- I would love that for sure. Demart, it's been a pleasure having you here on the show, and uh, especially sharing some of your history too. That's what what can I say? I mean, it, it's it's been an honor having you here on the show. More than a pleasure, it's been an honor. So, I definitely uh, look forward, forward to hearing from you sometime again in the future, and best of luck to you in your in your near future as well. Since I'm probably going to hold on to that title for for a long, long time. Thank you very much, my brother. The honor is all mine, and it's been quite a great pleasure to talk to you, brother. Absolutely. And there you have the classic interview with former EFC featherweight and bantamweight champion DeMart the Wolf Pinna. And yes, indeed, it was great talking to him. That, of course, was uh, 10 years ago, um, just a little under 10 years ago, March 16th, 2012 was when that was recorded. All right, it's time to go to the next music set. Coming up, we have Andrew W. Boss, going to be followed by Sweet Tea Trio, Scarlet Riot, Gypsy Blood, and G3 Rap. Be right back after this. How dare you and who in the hell fuck do you think you are? You're listening to Outlaw Radio, where we're proper gentlemen, because we always ask, Come on if I fart? You really know how to waste a Cialis, don't you? You're abusing my fan. This is a fight to the
Maintaining a relationship can be trying, especially when she's getting fat and all you want to do is jerk off and play video games rather than listen to her mouth. Hi, I'm spiritual advisor and marriage counselor David Kabir. Come to my one-week retreat and I'll show you how to learn real closeness. How? By giving up what you're close to. You'll give up your possessions, including your significant other. Developed in the 1950s by Marvin Cuck. Cuckold therapy works. It worked for us. It was truly a defining moment in our trust and commitment when a well-endowed dude was ravaging her while I looked on helplessly. See? It's going to bring you closer together. After the trauma, you'll cling to each other deep in shame. And that's what a good relationship is about. Burying the shame as deep as possible. You have to start at the bottom and work your way up. After you see another man use your wife as a urinal, it puts your whole marriage in perspective. I'm David Kabir. Come to my one-week marriage retreat. Sign up today. Tucker wasn't nothing but a hometown weed He'd take her riding after church for hours Her daddy waiting on the porch Spitting sunflower seeds Rocking that chair Getting her love on his feet The minute they pulled up Girl, that boy ain't good enough You were way too young
a happy home I never had to sleep alone I was a picture of content domestication But now everything is wrong Cause my honey pie is gone And that ruined all my marital relations My friends don't let me down Cause they always come around Even with or without invitation We party until four And we pass out on the floor But they always clean their own regurgitation Now it's pizza boxes and half drunk beer Julia Roberts and Richard Gere Beer gotten boxers, my dignity's gone And I'm sleeping with the TV on Cause that's what you used to 
screaming like you hard. Ain't nobody scared when they in the backyard. Come up out the hood and look around and stop recycling bullshit sounds. I'm real with this. Hip hop, hip hop. I brings the funk, funk, the funk. What y'all know about hip hop? Blazing while I bounce my beat down the street. Beef with the homie Ben Squash. We moved on. I do my thing. He opened up a car wash. It's cool. Everybody got a way to come up. Same goal, getting paid. I laid all my cards on the table. Invested in my own record labels. Whatever you do, just do it. Cause ain't nobody gonna bring you nothing but bad news. In the city blues, I thought I made it. But guess what? I'm about to change it. Can't nobody stop this. First I drop this, a quick reload, and I'm back on. You wanna ride the train? I can just the next stop. What y'all know about hip hop? I'm real with this. Hip hop, hip hop. Hip brings the funk, funk, funk. What y'all know about hip hop? Be McNabb coming up to Ave wearing number five. Never slide, keep the NFL live. Real deal when I sky this high. Y'all herbs is nerds like American Pie. Rookie of the year, I'm a vet. Probably most improved when I rock the set. I make moves that'll keep the joint move. I can't miss with the sounds I use. Come roll with me, I take you straight to the top. What y'all know about hip hop?
left-wing community organizers and campus radicals in Idaho are still up to their dirty tricks, teaching Idaho kids from cradle to college that white people are inherently racist. Now, these left-wing nuts are taking the whole race thing to a whole new level with critical race theory. According to critical race theory, teaching children math, arithmetic, is racist. Shakespeare, Shakespeare, racist. Can you say ridiculous? Malcolm X warned against critical race theory. It's very harmful. It's wrong. And the leftist nuts teaching this stuff to our children know it. Join Idaho Freedom Action to put an end to this leftist takeover of education in Idaho. Join the fight against the teaching of critical race theory to Idaho's youngsters. Visit IdahoFreedomAction.org today. IdahoFreedomAction.org at some point, you're going to want to consider this. If a national emergency or a natural disaster or even civil unrest should occur, where would you go? Seriously, where? Heading into the sticks with some MREs in a tent might be all right for a week or two, but then what? And who's around you? Who can help you if you need it? And how long would you last without the security and comfort of your own home? If you've asked yourself these questions, consider X-Point. Located in the beautiful Black Hills of South Dakota, a limited number of military-grade hardened shelters originally built by the U.S. government. 80 feet long, 26 feet wide, 12 and a half foot ceilings that you can custom build out to your own tastes. X-Point, a nine square mile city of like-minded people who know that the best way to deal with the disaster is to distance yourself from it. If you've always wanted a real bug out bunker with the amenities of home, send an email to brendy at arcmidnight.com or text to 817-900-2424. X-Point, X marks your spot. Chaz Mitchell Custom Hats makes and sells custom hats with a Western influence. These hats are not cheesy, one size fits all, except they're not cowboy hat knockoffs. Chaz Mitchell will custom design and build a genuine hat just for you, the way you want it. Chaz will actually measure your head, talk with you about the hat you desire, make it, and deliver it to you. You'll make a statement every time you put on your hat. Originally from Jigs, Nevada, Chaz Mitchell grew up cowboy and alongside his father, Waddy Mitchell. They built their first hats together at a workshop in Elko, Nevada. Chaz recalls his father once telling him, make a hat he would be proud to wear. After years of practice and studying hats and their owners, Chaz knows what makes a good hat maker. It's understanding that a hat doesn't only fit the circumference of the head, but also the personality of the owner. Get in touch with Chaz today, and he'll build you a hat you will be proud to wear. Visit Chaz Hats, that's C-H-A-Z-H-A-T-Z dot com. Ladies and gentlemen, we are proud to announce that Outlaw Radio officially has affiliation with We The People Holsters. If you own a handgun, then you know you need the perfect holster to go with it. We The People Holsters are made right here in the USA by gun nerds who are not afraid to support our Second Amendment. Whether you want Kydex or leather, We The People Holsters has just what you need. We The People Holsters is the preferred option of professionals throughout the law enforcement industry as well as those serving in the branches of the armed forces. Simply go to www.outlawradioabs.com, go to the store section, and click on the We The People Holsters banner to select the holster that's perfect for you. Don't wait. Get your holster from We The People Holsters today. 
Ammon Bundy is not liked by the mainstream media who spews lies about him, all because he stood up and will continue to stand up in the face of government tyranny. The mainstream media has even dubbed him a white supremacist and a domestic terrorist. The truth is, Ammon Bundy is neither of these. He is a God-loving family man who is willing and ready to fight for all Idahoans, for your constitutional rights and your property rights. Ammon Bundy is endorsed by Ron Paul and Roger Stone. In 2020, President Donald Trump offered money to states that declared they were in a state of emergency. Idaho had only one unconfirmed case of COVID. Idaho's current governor, Brad Little, put Idaho in lockdown so he could make more money to line his pocketbook. Despicable. Brad Little is not working for the citizens of Idaho. Ammon Bundy will. Vote Ammon Bundy for governor of Idaho. Visit VoteBundy.com and keep Idaho, Idaho. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Outlaw Radio, brought to you by Cold Cock Whiskey. Raise your glass, take your shot. You must be 21 years of age or older to drink. Hunter Athletic, Gear Up, Let's Train, and Neutronics IGF-1, making men, men again, and feminists pissed off every day. Well, I I just threw that in there. <laughs> Songs you just heard, you just heard G3 rap with what you all know about hip-hop. Before that, Gypsy Blood with Sleeping with the TV on. Before that, Scarlet Riot with Adrenaline. Prior to that, Sweet Tea Trio with Preaching to a Dust Cloud. And starting off the whole set, Andrew W. Boss with Left Alone. Yes, indeed, it's been an interesting week, and we got something interesting to talk about as we welcome the icon, Stephen James, for The Steve Solution. If you have any trouble voting, they have officials there at the election site to assist if you need assistance. That's what they're there for. They cannot tell you who to vote for, how to vote, whatever. That is against so many laws, it's not even funny. And if there's ever a whiff of that, I think every vote in a particular precinct could be nullified. And certainly the participant could find him or herself doing some jail time. This is The Steve Solution with Stephen James on Outlaw Radio. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Oh, Happy New Year's to everyone. And... Do my eyes deceive me, or did the Supreme Court just tell the damn president to sit down and shut the fuck up? Well, for one, uh, if there's any Democrat that I'd like to shake his hand, that would be Joe Manchin. I mean... I don't know, really know a hell of a lot about him, but uh, props to him for saying no to the Build Back Better bullshit. And because he sees right through the holes of the Biden administration. So, you know, props to him. And then the Supreme Court saying, oh, Joe, Joe Biden's. Uh, from what I understand yeah. about him, he's a bit of a blue dog, which. 
Honestly, if you're going to be a Democrat, you might as well be a blue dog. Blue dog. What is that like the equivalent of what we call a rhino among Republicans? That is exactly the equivalent. All right. So is it kind so of? So I'm for every blue dog we want to put in office. Okay. What's the, what's this here? You and I really don't care too much for the rhinos, but uh, we will shake hands with the blue dogs. Well, it's same. I mean, you know, keep your enemies close, but keep your or keep your friends close, but your enemies closer. And the blue dogs, quite frankly, do more good for the Republican Party than the rhinos do. So we will take them. Yeah. By the way, I want to mention something really quick here. Um, you know, I watched. Uh, I watched that uh, special that was made, uh, I think it was on HBO, about our second president, John Adams, where uh, I thought it was pretty good, you know, because John Adams was one of our forefathers. But something I learned about uh, elections back then, and uh, this, <laughs> if this was implemented today, it could be great or it could be a disaster. But uh, back then, I guess presidential candidates did not pick their running mates. They did not, actually. It was... Uh, the people voted, voted for vice president, too. No, it, it, they didn't actually vote for vice president. It was a... Uh, basically, it was a one and two. If you won the popular or, or the vote to be president, you were president. If you came in second, you were vice president. Oh, man, can you imagine if Donald Trump had to deal with Hillary Clinton as his vice president? You know, to be fair, I think that would have, uh, on one hand, yes, that would have been completely awful for our country. Yet, as a spectator sport, as in tuning into the NFL, how awesome would that have been? Yeah, it could have been entertaining. <laughs> no, it would have been really entertaining. <laughs> but then again, back then, the vice president actually was a policymaker and someone who was really engaged in uh, blue, <clears throat> sorry, political affairs. So, they would have actually held a true political office. Unlike, um, well, what is uh, Kamala Harris on these days? She's on a press tour. (laughs) She's not really making any kind of policy or assisting in any kind of policy. She is on the talk show circuit. Well, she's probably still doing what she's always done, which is going vertical to make, or excuse me, going horizontal to make her career go vertical. I have no doubt that she has spent a lot of time horizontal to make her career go vertical. Yes. But, uh, so Joe Biden says, if your company has... 100 employees or more, 
you must mandate the vaccine. And the Supreme Court says, fuck you to that. Yeah, how about that? Kind of the thing about the Supreme Court is whether, you know, they're filled by Republicans or Democrats, they're really big on law and state rights. And there's no difference from that to today's ruling because, oh, shit, they decided, no, the federal government does not get to make that fucking decision. And, you know, a lot of them are saying a lot of this uh, old uh, my body, my choice type, uh, ch- type things, and then they're comparing it to abortions, you know. First off, the vaccine and abortions are aren't even parallel in my book. Uh, no, but actually, the court made a very similar ruling. They literally just almost equivalently said the same thing: you don't want to have a baby, you want to have the right to have it aborted. Okay. That's your choice. Whether you or I agree with it, and I know we both don't, fine. But but when it comes to that, uh, a particular vaccine and a shot in order to go to work, they essentially took the same mandate and said, wait a minute, we can't tell women what to do with their bodies. But now we want to tell the entire populace what to do with theirs? No, that's that's not the job. Well, my whole thing is is that it's a completely different ballpark because, and they can say it's the same ballpark. I don't give a shit. But um, we're we're dealing with the vaccine. We're dealing with one life. In abortion, you're dealing with two. Well, the liberal argument on that is that you're not dealing with one life. You're not dealing with with just your life. And this is where I find it funny and draw it in comparison to Roe v. Wade. Mm-hmm. Because the Democrats and the liberals have always said that abortion is about you know, the mother's right. It's your only, it's, it's my life. It's my choice. Okay. By the way, don't get me wrong. That's a subject uh, for another time, another discussion, but it's one I happen to agree with. Well, Mom's uh, life, no, hold on. Mom's life, mom's choice. Now, the exact same liberals that are arguing that same viewpoint as far as abortion have completely flipped their script and said, well, no, but it's not your life and your choice and your body and everything else. It's a public health thing, and 
everyone needs to do this because this was in the best interest of public health or some shit like that. Oh, horse shit. Um, especially. Well <laughs> and uh, yeah, I mean, especially this phony vaccine, especially, uh, you know, most, especially the Omicron variant, people are, the majority of people who are catching it are already vaccinated. I mean, so this vaccine doesn't make any fucking sense. It was, it's what you know what, you know what I love about this Omicron thing or the, the the there's a new variation by the way the Omni Delta as they're calling it. Oh geez, what's next? My point is, it does none of it fucking matters. Yes, this was a very serious disease that plagued our planet. I don't have the argument against that. Each of these variants and all the experts are saying is less severe. That gets buried behind the fucking media narrative of more contagious. And yes, it is more contagious but it is less severe. The only reason we're going through all this crap right now is because the media at large is telling everyone, you need to be afraid. You need to wear a mask. You need to get vaccinated. You need to do this. You need to do that. It doesn't matter. Guess what? In the next two years, we are all vaccinated, not vaccinated. I don't care. We are all going to catch some version or variant of COVID. I already did, and I might catch it again. I might not, you know. Oh, yeah, no. There's going to be people to catch you for the second, third, and fourth time. The thing is that they're not telling us. Guess what? We had cold season. We had flu season. Part of developing life and everything like that. Now we're going to have COVID season. And how many times are, it's like every year, get a flu shot. Get uh, Before all this, get a flu shot, get a flu shot, get a flu shot, get a flu shot. Right. I've also never had a flu shot. I've never died from flu. Should certain demographics get a flu shot? Sure. Should they get a pneumonia shot? Sure. Does everyone need those? No. That's fucking retarded. Because we are already seeing, and I want to stress, we are already seeing COVID season. We're going to see different, there's a different fucking variation of the flu flu every year. 
See, there's there's a different variation of the cold every year. Guess what? We're going to see different variations of COVID every year from now until they're going to stop fucking naming it. You know what, Stephen? It's like uh, when Obama was in office, he was really pushing this Obamacare, and it's it's like, uh, you know, if you don't want it too bad, we're, we're going to shove it down your fucking throat. Now it's like this vaccine. You know, they're, I mean, they're really trying to push the narrative, take it or else. And from a government standpoint, the reason they're doing it is because it keeps them in power. Exactly. From a, me- from a media standpoint, they keep putting out there because it sells fucking commercials for vaginal discharge medication or whatever else they're selling. It's all about power or money. Right now, seriously, the fucking newest variants of this shit, yeah, it's there. You can catch it. You are going to catch it. I'm going to catch it. And probably everyone we know at some point is going to catch it. You know what we're going to do? We're going to have the sniffles in bed for a couple of days, tops, unless, you know, we are, uh, what do they call it? Uh, fuck that arm. Unless you're old or decrepit or whatever. You're not going to wind up in the hospital from this shit. They sit there and tell you in every news report, the Omicron variant is much more contagious. And then they you know, mention in a half sentence later, oh, it's also much less severe. Of course, they're not going to mention that. You know that. No, they have to say it because it's the news, but they bury the lead. Omicron Sweeping the nation. Yeah. Let me throw something out here for everyone. Omnicron. Sweeping the nation. Also, way less fucking severe. Vaccinated or not, much less severe. And the next variant is going to be even less severe from that. Because viruses mutate. Because we adapt to them. Or how about... Uh, That's all it is. Or how about this? And this is, this is you know, call me conspiracy theorist or whatever. What if, you know, what if they come up with a vaccine that's actually supposed to weaken the immunity system so that when you do catch this, you know, it's just going to look worse in, uh, on you. It's going to act worse. Maybe you'll, maybe you'll die. Odds are you'll still survive, but you're going to end up a lot sicker than if you didn't have the shot. I will tell you, the only people I know recently that have been infected with COVID have all been vaccinated. I had COVID during the, even before there was a test for COVID, I had COVID back then, and it was, honestly, it was 
goddamn awful. It sucked. It was horrible. Yes, it didn't kill me. And don't make light of that. Yes, it did kill a lot of people. I'm not making fun of that. But but so is the common cold and so is the flu. Exactly. That was my point. Now, we have all these vaccinated people. And quite frankly, the only ones I've known that have come down with it, and there's only been a handful in my personal life, but they are all vaccinated. And all of these people, I have breathed the same fucking air. I've shared the same fucking space. And yet, here I am. Healthy as a horse, minus a stroke, which has nothing to do with COVID. But for the most part, I think uh, this whole thing, uh, this ruling from the Supreme Court was actually a victory for we, the people. It was a huge, huge victory. It was a the nation's highest court telling the president of the United States, fuck you, you can't do this. This is not right. You know, and these are the reasons, though, that we, you know, the battle's not over. He wants to stack the Supreme Court. So maybe, just maybe, in his next attempt, he's not going to lose. It's possible. That's, you know, the, the double-edged sword of the Supreme Court is it is a lifetime appointment. There's only two ways you are not a Supreme Court justice. Well, there's three. You can, you know, have hearings and be removed from office. That almost never happens. You can voluntarily surrender your seat on the court or you can die. That's it. Here. Yes. Yes. That's why this room court is always such a big thing with every presidential candidate. Because if a Supreme Court justice dies or relinquishes their seat while you are the sitting president, then you are the one that, you know, names the replacement. And that's a really, really, really big deal because you're appointing someone that takes either an act of God, resignation, or death for that seat to become available. And there's very few Supreme Court justices that say, hey, I'm too old for this shit anymore, and I'm going to go, you know, sit on a beach in West Palm Beach. It most often takes them dying to be replaced. So it's a huge, huge, huge position in our American, our American 
just the system. That's why every president is looking at what's on the court and who they can, you know, possibly nominate some to replace. It's a big fucking deal for this country. Very big if you don't like what they're saying, you can't just say you're fired. It takes an act of Congress and the Senate to remove that person. It's never once been done. Their opinions carry the weight of law. Yes. Sorry, I went on a bit of a political, you know, history <laughs> lesson there. <laughs> no, but uh, we uh, can't really. Uh, at this, this is not the time to sheathe our swords just because. Uh, just because we want a battle, we haven't won a war yet. Once we won a war, then we can sheathe our swords. You have swords. You know, you know what I'm talking about, dickhead. <laughs> I was wanting to play with some swords. No, but uh, you know, it is extremely important right now. You know, we still we still got to remain on guard just be, just because we we got this uh, big victory. Here doesn't mean that uh, they're gonna they're gonna stop pushing. In fact, I I love how uh, Mark Walters of Armed American Radio always puts it. The Democrats are coming. The Democrats are coming. And you know, they, this ain't going to stop them. They're going to try to come up with something else. No, and I want to remind everyone, politics honestly starts, you may not think so, but it starts at the lowest local level. We the people. We the people. It starts with your city councils and your city councilmen and your city representatives and your state representatives and then just like just like my buddy here um uh mike miller who's running for state legislature district 10 you know i mean uh and the, the number one thing he is going to push for the people of that district is medical freedom. Well, one of the things I like is I hear people, you know, on both sides of the aisle, they'll bitch about, well, the president did this or the president did that. Whether I agree or disagree with them, the first thing I will ask them is, who's your city councilman? If they can't answer answer that, then they don't know what the fuck they're talking about. Because if you are not dialed that deep, well, government starts at the local level. If you you can bitch about the national things, everything. If you are not involved at the local level, then you need to reevaluate your position. 
And uh, we're just about out of time, too. Um, but uh, I, I wanted to briefly uh, mention something. And what the fuck? I forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> uh, well, that's not good. Uh, I assume you were probably going to bring up with the people holsters because. Oh, I'm, I'm getting my holster this weekend. And then. Uh, or probably Wait, I, got, I got mine before you got yours. Oh, I didn't have an automatic weapon that uh, that thing could fit. So, yeah. but, but that's about to change. I got to tell you, I'm still wearing mine every day. Uh, I actually had an altercation with... Um, uh, you, with know, you know what? I just got to br- bring it up really quick, and I think you can agree, because uh, I mentioned Mark Walters and Armed American Radio and his... His motto is, carry on, carry out, never leave your cave without your club. And if you're in an area that can do that, by all means. Yeah. I hate to say it, Stephen, but we are out of time. I was going to say something. I forgot what the fuck I was going to say. So it must not have been that important. (laughs) All right. that's fucked up because I was going to go on a whole rant on how I love my We the People holster, but yeah, I guess we'll discuss that next week. Yep. So we're going to end the show with a very appropriate song. This is Casper. He's a he's a musician out of Toledo, Ohio, and he did a rendition of Johnny Paycheck's song. This is Take Your Vax and Shove It. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Thank you very much for tuning in to Outlaw Radio. And we will be back next week. Peace out. Are you tired of modern pop music that sounds like a dog fucking a squeaky toy? Well, that's why you're listening to Outlaw Radio. We tell bad bed music to piss up a rope. We give you our opinions, and if a fight breaks out, so fucking what? This is Outlaw Radio. This is a pandemic of the unvaccinated. This is not about freedom or personal choice. My job as president is to protect all Americans. But our patience is wearing thin. Take your vax and shove it. I ain't taking it no way. You ain't sticking me with no genetically modified mRNA. With no restrictions Going out to a bar with friends Without any permission Maybe doing what we want Anytime we want With no conviction Most of all, no government intervention Take your vax and shove it I ain't taking it no way You ain't sticking me with no genetically Modified mRNA You think you will, but I know you won't I'm not a guinea pig, I don't play I know my rights, my God-given
say Well that Fauci He's a lying dog And Joe Biden He's a fool Kamala Harris Is a cackling hyena No one thinks she's cool The CDC Can't kiss my ass A new lie Every day Lord, I can't wait to see their faces when I hear every patriot say, Take your vax and shove it. I ain't taking it no way. You ain't sticking me with no genetically modified mRNA. You think you will, but I know you won't. I'm not a guinea pig, I don't play. Hey everyone, Bad Billy here. Do you own a business? Or perhaps you're in a band. Or maybe you run a radio show or podcast. Whatever you do, you want to market your brand with custom-made apparel. Look no further than fresh-baked tees. T-shirts, hoodies, tank tops, caps, beanies, koozies, banners, and even masks. You can get them all custom-made from fresh-baked tees. Prices are reasonable and negotiable. Simply go to freshbakedtees.com, submit your logo, and place your order today. Support Outlaw Radio and Friends and buy some cool stuff in the store section of OutlawRadioABS.com. Get Outlaw Radio t-shirts and hats. In the CTM store, a service of Caravan to Midnight, find items to help make your life easier and better, including the new Eden Nutritional Support System. Check out We the People holsters, made in America by gun nerds who are not afraid to support and stand up for their Second Amendment rights. Click on the We the People holsters banner in the Outlaw Radio store. Get the best night sleep in the whole wide world and more with Mike Lindell's MyPillow pillows and other products. Click on the MyPillow banner in the Outlaw Radio store use promo code OUTLAW and save up to 66%. Visit My Patriot Supply and purchase buckets of food with a 25 year shelf life. In the Cranked Up Coffee Shop, a service of Cranked Up Live. Entertain your taste buds with coffee that even the aficionados love. Visit OutlawRadioABS.com and click on the store link. A service of Outlaw Radio and AOW Productions. You've heard the phrase, America's most loved brands. And what exactly did our loyalty to some of those most loved brands get us? I'll tell you what, money and lots of it. For organizations and their ideologies that directly conflict with American core values and the American way of life. Enter Etruzu.com, a place for patriots to buy and sell. You can open your own online store for as little as $25 per month and grow your business as big as you want. Buy from patriots and sell to patriots. Everything from ordinary household items to absolutely anything that's available from companies that do not have our country's best interests at heart. With Etruzu.com, you know who you're buying from and you know who you're selling to. Let's make your brand one of America's most loved. 
Get started at etruzu.com. E-T-R-U-Z-O-O.com. Etruzu, a place where patriots buy and sell. Mark your calendar and make plans now to experience Highway 30 Music Fest 2022, June 22nd, 23rd, 24th, and 25th at the Twin Falls Fairgrounds in Filer, Idaho. Take the whole family and enjoy good food and drink, country music, Americana music, rock, and red dirt. Artists performing include Colby Cooper, Lainey Wilson, Ellie Mae Mellencamp, Cliff Miller, Austin English, The Steel Woods, Shane Smith and the Saints, Sam Riggs, and more. Sponsors of Highway 30 Music Fest 2022 include Bud Light, Falls Brand Independent Meat Company, Snake River Pool and Spa, and 95.7 KEZJ, Southern Idaho's new country. Have a great time while helping organizations and families in need. Highway 30 Music Fest will take place rain or shine. That's Highway 30 Music Fest 2022, June 22nd, 23rd, 24th, and 25th at the Twin Falls Fairgrounds in Filer, Idaho. To order tickets and for more information, visit hwy30musicfest.com. Hi, it's the Big Voice Guy. The one who intros and promos the show you're listening to right now. Hi, my name is Jim Hunt. I voice for a growing list of internet and terrestrial radio stations, podcasts, and businesses. I'd love to spread the word about yours, too. No matter if the message is serious or silly. Whether you want the delivery to be hard-hitting, voice of authority, or conversational, warm, and fuzzy. From fully produced station imaging and commercials to custom phone system messages on hold and IVR prompts, voiceovers for computer games to narrations for presentations, even post-production audio editing and audio cleanup services. Yeah, I do them too. I'm your guy. I do business as Jim Hunt voiceovers and audio services. My rates are reasonable and negotiable because I love internet radio too. Visit my website, jimhuntvo.com. I'm Jim Hunt, at your service. Put my voice and audio production skills to work for you. Let's do this. You have been listening to Outlaw Radio. Be sure to leave your feedback by calling 208-957-7016. All feedback is played and replied to on the show. Visit our official website at outlawradioabs.com. Outlaw Radio is a presentation of AOW Productions. Oh, no.